Hello and welcome to episode 90 of the Nerd Out Loud podcast. Today is late April, <laughs> the year of our Lord, 2015. And this is the Nerd Out Loud podcast where we talk about the things that you nerd out about and we nerd out about and everybody nerds out about. I'm My name is Jeremy. I am joined by my co-host right here. Christina Wise, everybody. Hello. And I have a brain cloud. Why is that? <laughs> I don't. Um. Uh. I don't know. Something's wrong with me. I think. So we were. We missed you guys. We were. We took a week off. We have not done that in quite some time. I uh, wish it was for like an actual vacation. Yeah. Something fun. Except for if we were on vacation, we probably would just record a show <laughs> right. and put it out and be like, we're on vacation. Right. May well, we're going to Washington, D.C. soon, so maybe we'll have to do that. Take note, uh, anybody that is listening to this that knows where we live and wants to rob our house. When or we put out the Washington, D.C. episode. Let's think about it as more positive. Rob what about us. if we have any listeners <laughs> in Washington, D.C. area? Yeah. Come meet us. Yeah. Hear that, Obama? We want to hang out. <laughs> so um, we we both got really sick. <laughs> Super sick. Um, I got like probably as sick as I've ever been that I can think of, uh, with the exception of when I got swine flu. I think it was worse. But uh, I got I had a uh, I got bronchitis, and I had a sustained temperature in the triple digits like 103 or something yes um for multiple hours on, yes. on last week mm-hmm. and uh and i think that i cooked my brain i think that i cooked part of my brain um, possibility. because i literally feel like i i cannot put words together anymore in the way that i used to be <laughs> like something is wrong with my brain that that um while I was Googling it, while you had 103 temperature, brain damage was one of the side effects. I, I'm terrified. I want to come back. I miss uh, I miss my rapier wit. Ra- what? <laughs> rapier. Rapier, isn't that a thing? I don't know. Let's not use that. <laughs> okay, hang on. Now I have to look it up. Yeah, rapier, rape, 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 rapier, a straight sword that has a narrow blade with sharp edges. So sharp wit is what like you want to say. Like a sharp wit, yes, <laughs> or a rapier. Let's use that instead. Sharp wit. <laughs> I miss my sharp wit. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I'm now uh, still a little bit like an old man, so when I cough. Um, or when I laugh or uh, walk up a flight of stairs, I start wheezing and coughing. So that's uh, that's absolutely fantastic. You need your uh, inhaler. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Where where's Naomi Holmes when you need mm-hmm. her? Um, so we have an exciting show planned out for you guys. Uh, we have a couple fun announcement type things to make, I guess, and then we we actually have an interview with a a beekeeper with Mark. From Mark's B-hole uh, on Facebook. is Well, he's not on Facebook. Mark's B-hole is on <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> oh, my oh God. No. This is a problem, yeah. you guys. Look forward to the next 100 episodes being like this because uh, 
whatever jokes I had in me are uh, apparently gone. gone. Yeah. So, um, so we have an interview with uh, Mark, which is perfect timing because there was recently just a truckload of like 12 million bees that um, flipped Mm -hmm. over right by our house. Um, And so we're going to talk to Mark about that and hear why uh, bees are dying and um, why we're all going to die when all the bees die unless we uh, change something. So, um, Christy... We yes. had, uh, the, w- there's a couple exciting things, um, one of which I'm guessing, well, maybe they both will end up becoming some great podcast fodder in, in the near future. Um, <laughs> one of them is, so I, I, um, I am a father. <laughs> Surprise, everybody. Um, as some of you know, uh, I have a four-year-old daughter, and we signed her up for T-Ball, mm-hmm. and, um, and I emailed the coach or i emailed the like head of the league because they didn't um, give us any information much like (laughs) when i put my daughter in school uh i had no idea what i was doing (laughs) and um somehow like i feel like all parents have like a there's like a secret parents club that they're all a part of Mm -hmm. where they like learn how to just be parents and like figure out the school thing and like sign people up when they're supposed to sign people up they just like you know Parents seem to all like know stuff, and I feel like some I miss those meetings. Like they have a bad address for me or something, and they're well, sending, you're not invited. They're sending the the invitations to the secret parents club to somebody <laughs> else because I feel like I never know. I never know what I'm doing. So, uh, along with that, I signed up my four year old for T ball, and I'm like, well, are we just supposed to show up the first day? Do we wear like? Do I need to buy her a mitt? Like, are we supposed to bring yeah. a ball and like a bat, a tee ball? Like, how what time? What is do it? we? What yeah. time is it? And so I emailed the head of the league and I just said, "Hey, I have no idea what I'm doing. I apologize if I sound like an idiot, but please point me in the right direction um, and let me know if you guys need anything." And he wrote me back and said, "Oh yeah, your team needs a coach." <laughs> <laughs> so um, so me and Christy are gonna be. Coaches, yeah, <laughs> which is great. So, Jeremy at least played. Jeremy played baseball. I did. So you have that. Yeah. Um, I've watched <laughs> baseball movies. Uh-huh. Um, I once was on a softball league with <laughs> my work. Yeah. But I've never seen a t-ball game before. Yeah. Uh, so this should be exciting. Yeah, we'll be. Th- we'll. I think it'll be good, Christy. Um. <laughs> immediately asked if she gets a uh, if she gets to buy shoes special shoes <laughs> um an outfit yeah. and if i get to make a spreadsheet just i was really sad the spreadsheet's already done way to like uh just like fit into a stereotype there well one. and you know my dad did also tell me i get to have a whistle yeah i hope there will be whistles i think that we should give every all the kids whistles personally yeah. so anyway so that'll be exciting um and we'll be, be back to report on that our first game is this weekend i just received yes. the, the rules i'm still incredibly confused i still have no idea what to do <laughs> uh and i became the coach so we'll um we'll be back and report Next week, and you know he did on this how only for f- podcast fodder <laughs> on how our first doesn't uh, care about the kids. Or... <laughs> it'll be great. What are you talking about? I think it'll be fantastic. Okay. I am thrilled that I get to be. Um, 
if anyone active in my daughter's in the local area would like to come watch this happen, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, let me know and I'll give you the schedule. Yeah, we should. Um, we should have sponsored the team. It's like a hundred and fifty bucks or something, right? I don't know. We should, uh, we should maybe next out. year we'll have to do that. Uh, Let's we can have like the, a non the nerd team. out louds. <laughs> Can have the our nerds. horrible podcast um, sponsor a, a children's t-ball team. I love That'd this idea. That'd be fantastic. Okay. Um, so that was tidbit number one. Tidbit number two, um, we had some police activity happen <laughs> next door to the Nerd Out Loud headquarters. Did we tell the story about the t- car towing? Yeah, I don't think so. So we okay. have, we have That's some when neighbors. That's it started. Uh, we have some neighbors that... Um, they are just having a rough go at life, I think. Um, they were always parking illegally for some reason in the parking <laughs> lot at the condo quarter- headquarters here and um, managed to get their car towed. Like, we saw them multiple times get talked to by the guy that comes through and tags everybody's cars to get towed if they're parked illegally or don't have a parking pass for the condo association. Mm-hmm. And um, he- we saw him multiple times talking to them saying, hey, uh, don't double park double park like this because not only were they blocking yeah. in their own car which whatever they would block off three other spots by doing that yeah which was um very special uh, <laughs> and there's there's no shortage of parking right. here we have it's a huge parking lot and there's a street if you don't have a parking permit there's a yeah. street out right very nearby that you can park on plenty of parking and so they got their car towed one night Two o'clock in the morning, and they like are losing their minds, running around the parking lot. Like the accusing the woman who? is like they're screaming and crying and fighting with each other. Uh, also accusing people of calling the police to get their car towed. Like the they're woman is walking tires. through the parking lot, pointing out the different people <laughs> who she thinks it might be, and how they're gonna get revenge. Plotting it. Yeah, they're talking about this very loudly at two o'clock in the morning. Somebody finally called the police. The police showed up. They hid inside their unit, and they didn't come out again that night. The next morning, I go to leave at like 6.30 or 7 in the morning, and dude is sitting out on his front deck. I open the door to walk outside, and I just hear this, you call the cops on us last night, man? You call that tow truck? I'm like, what? And the dude's just sitting out there smoking a cigarette at like 6.30 in the morning, trying to figure out what happened to their car, I guess. They figured out who it is. He pointed out who it is and then informed me that he's going to take them to small claims court <laughs> because you can't just take money out of people's pockets like that, I guess. Yeah. Um, oh, the be- I th- so- oh, you need to talk about the best part about that was when they had randomly decided how much the tow was going to cost. Yeah. They just came up with the number. I think it was 225 Yeah, $225. This is loudly top of their lungs screaming <laughs> what their bills were. She makes this much money on yeah. disability. We gotta. She has this to pay. She has to pay this. How is she going to be able to do it? And then we have a the sad part rundown. Is she mentioned she had to take her daughter to school? So yeah. there's a child involved in yeah. this situation. Yeah, and uh, you know it's like I, I, don't, I don't know. I I get the feeling that there's not a lot of sleep happening in that place. If you yeah. know what I mean. I think. Um, I think that there might be some substance abuse issues going on. Um, a lot of the times when you get in the middle of those situations, like uh, uh, you you um, are living a very difficult life 
life is very difficult for it's you to go through to you. and mm-hmm. it is everybody else's fault mm-hmm. but yours that everything is going on so it wasn't the fact that their car was parked illegally that's not why it got towed it got towed because some lady's out to get them and they're going to take them to small claims court and they're going to get their 200 dollars. so anyway so we're um uh apparently they had been going at each other uh a couple for for three or four days they've been screaming at each other according to our neighbor and i come home the other day and there's a police officer here knocking on their door and i go talk to my neighbor and she said yeah they were going at each other they're throwing stuff whatever whatever so the police officer is knocking on the door they're pretending not to be home again this is what they do i guess and uh, this is a couple days ago at this point and uh more police officers show up and there's all of a sudden there's three police officers out there saying you know and we hear them trying to talk to somebody through the door and then we hear one of them say, uh, you have a felony warrant. <laughs> you have a yeah. felony warrant um, and we're not leaving, basically, and you mm-hmm. need to come out. And uh, uh, and he went, um, they, they f- forced themselves inside somehow. They ended up inside this guy's house. He ended up crying. I think they hit him to, to put, to get him down on the ground, to put handcuffs on him. Um, and he ended up crying, I believe, as a result of being hit and was being got carried out shirtless, <laughs> got carried <laughs> out shirtless with um, luckily he had pants on um, with wet hair. He said he was in the shower. Yeah. Which is why he didn't come out. But the so classic. Um, I was in the shower and didn't hear you pounding on my door yeah. for the last 15 minutes. Yeah. So our neighbor did get arrested for um, felony drug possession i guess and it was dangerous drugs dangerous i guess is the classification so it's like heroin like meth Meth, and um the the good stuff which um pretty much it's like jeremy henson's old crew (laughs) but yeah (laughs) exactly maybe they moved up here and became our neighbors so then my question is do i should i um notify the homeowners association yeah, I would think you so. You think so? Yeah, because I think they're renters. No, they're for sure renters. Yeah, and I I don't know what's going on, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so that's um that that was very exciting. It was a very um we live in um Everett uh outside of Seattle. It was a very Everett moment. Uh, we called it because <laughs> we had just gotten a backpack on buy nothing Everett yep, as one it. does and uh, and we couldn't leave <laughs> we couldn't leave to go get our free backpack that we got off of Facebook <laughs> from a stranger <laughs> from a stranger that they had left on their porch for us because uh, three cop cars had because we were in. blocked in by multiple police cars because our neighbor was being arrested on felony drug charges so <laughs> it was a very um it was a very Everett moment, and uh, you know, hit, click through on that Amazon link or something, guys, because get we us got, out of here. We need to get out of here. <laughs> like this is a, uh, this is this is becoming um, this well, is becoming and, a problem. And this, uh, it's never going to be worth what I owe on it if we keep getting neighbors <laughs> no like <joke>. this. <laughs> so that was um that that's all you missed um are my crippling um illness and then christy got the flu and my brain is cooked and no longer functions properly and then uh our uh condo complex is slowly just (laughs) falling falling to pieces around us so um that was a very exciting week but let's uh let's meet mark from mark's b-hole and uh we'll be right back 
Uh, well, we are joined today by uh, Mr. Mark <laughs> of, of Mark's Beehole um, that I uh, I heard about on a uh, friend of the show, Jesse Dolamore's podcast, I Doubt It With Dolamore. And uh, I was just telling Mark that I went to go um, reach out to him on Facebook or to go like his page after I heard about him and I had already liked it. So um, it was... Uh, serendipitous timing and then of course we reached out to him earlier in the week and a few days after we set everything up we had the um the the bee bee apocalypse uh, apocalypse or bee mageddon or i don't know i saw a lot of different hashtags for it but uh hello mark thank you for taking the time to talk to us hey how you doing doing good um so so mark let's uh let's just start from the beginning so you have a bunch of bees (laughs) yes um currently um, currently I'm set up to have, I'm going to have five hives this season. Um, I, this I'm going into my second season. My first season, I had one hive, which did not make it through the winter, which is a common problem with keeping urban bees. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I've been studying bees for about three years. Um, it came out of a need to, <laughs> I guess, constantly learn. I needed a new hobby or I needed to go back to school. Um, I have my, um, my my bachelor's degree in uh, in physics, so um, I I kind of understand the science side, and I needed to start learning something new, and always been interested in bees, and so I jumped in head first and haven't turned around. So how many? Um, so you about how many bees is five hives worth? Five hives. Well, in, by the middle of July, a hive, a single hive in Idaho, will have about fifty to seventy thousand bees in it. Wow! And um, and you're just keeping these like in in your back, backyard in your backyard. Yes. And what kind of bees are they? Um, so they're honeybees. Um, last year I had um specifically I had Italian honeybees, and this year I'm going for um Carnolian honeybees. And that's based on the type of queen you have. Bees aren't native to the United States of America. They came over from um, Europe by mm-hmm. the pilgrims in the mid-1600s. In fact, <laughs> when bees showed up in the United States, um, the Indians referred to them as white man flies. And that's how, <laughs> that's how they always knew that white men were coming is because the bees fall- came before them. <laughs> we ruin everything. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> Uh, and then the bee, you know, this was of course on the East Coast, and the bees over the next um, couple hundred years migrated slowly west. But once they hit the Midwest, they stopped because there was nothing to forage anymore. Yeah. So they didn't move actually out west until the Mormons. The Mormons took them to Utah, mm-hmm. and from there they migrated into Nevada. And there was a guy by the name of um, C. A. Shelton who um, actually took bees from the East Coast down around the Panama Canal and brought them to San Francisco, California. Okay. And uh, so when you when you decided you wanted to get into to bees, um, how, how did you go from how did how did you go from no nest to, to one nest? I mean, is there like a store that you go to, like a pet store where you just go buy a bunch of bees or how does that work? I got involved. What I did is I went and took a, I took a Saturday morning one-hour class about urban beekeeping. Mm-hmm. And it was put on by a local garden area, a garden shop. And the person that put it on was a member of the local beekeeping club. So I started going to beekeeping club meetings. And I picked up a mentor from there. And he actually provided me with my first um, 
um, nucleus of bees. They're called a nuke. And what it is is essentially five frames of bees, uh, which is probably about 10,000 bees that you set into your standard 10 frame hive. Mm -hmm. Um, This year, um, since I lost my bees, I'm getting bees from multiple different sources. Um, I bought bought a package of bees, which is three pounds of bees and a queen. Um, That I just did this weekend and um, installed into a hive. I'm receiving a nucleus, uh, another nuke next weekend. (laughs) And then everything else that I'm getting from um, swarms. It's swarm season and swarms are how bees reproduce. Mm-hmm. So I'm capturing swarms. I'm actually in the process of trapping bees out of a tree at a homeowner's house right now, which is kind of like a bee spigot. <laughs> yeah. I saw the, um, I, I saw the pictures of that on your Facebook page. Yes. So, um, so when you got the, when you got the nucleus of bees, does that like, is there a queen in there or do, yes. I mean, Okay, so there's a queen, so, oh. and because you obviously probably need that to continue the nest. Yeah, it's probably a good time to talk about hive anatomy and how it works. Um, yeah. Um, what makes bees happy is the smell of the queen. That's the one thing that makes all bees happy. Um, there's one queen in every hive, and then 98% of the rest of the hive is her daughters, um, and then the remaining 2% are males. A queen bee has the distinction where she can decide how an egg's fertilized, mm-hmm. and she can decide if she's going to lay a female or a male egg. Oh, wow. Wow. So the only thing that males are in the hive for is um, <laughs> to fertilize queens. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. So all they do is eat and fertilize. They're like fraternity boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I've met, I think I've met a few of those. <laughs> And in fact, they get kicked out of the hive by the, all the females. Um, you know, once food shortage, once food gets short, mm-hmm. um, the females kick the drones out first. Wow. Um, drones are a little bit bigger than females, mm-hmm. um, and they do not have stingers. They can't sting you. Oh, okay. So they can't even defend the hive. <laughs> <laughs> what What does uh, I mean? Does the queen itself? Um, I suppose it probably matters what kind of bee it is. But are the, I imagine are they bigger than the regular bees? Like yes, are they? She's she's bigger than her workers. She has a longer abdomen, which is where the reproductive organs are. Yeah, and um, they also tend to be a brighter. Uh, they have a little bit more of a yellow color to them. Okay. Um, than um, the her her daughters. Yeah. Um, she's really hard to spot because it's like the world's biggest game of world where's Waldo. Mm -hmm. You're looking at a frame of, you know, you're looking at a frame of 2000 bees and have to pick out the one bee that looks different. Mm -hmm. She's very sensitive to light. So she moves away from the light. So she's almost always on the backside of the screen you're looking at. Oh, okay. Um, so I, I specifically, normally I, I'm not as an intrusive and I don't mark my queens and I don't go looking for them. I look for a sign of them, yeah. of her being there. So I look for um, eggs mm-hmm. or capped larvae. People, so people mark them? Yes, they mark them. How? Um, <laughs> T- tiny little name tags. <laughs> <laughs> little brain. Yeah, you, you, write, you write her name on her crown. Yeah. <laughs> No, um, it's really interesting. Some of them just capture her by her wings, and then they put a dot. There's a different color for every year that a queen was born. Um, mm-hmm. For example, this year it's blue. So if I were to mark any queens this year, uh, or choose to mark any, I'd mark them with a blue pen yeah. and just put a dot on their back. Yeah. Um, advanced beekeepers that do a lot of like queen rearing, um, they'll actually put a number on their back so that they can keep track of them by number. Okay. Um, the problem with marking queens is the other bees, 
um, notice something's different about her. Yeah. And they will reject her or um, oh. supersede her sometimes. Oh. So nobody wants that. So, I mean, no, it's, it's, <laughs> I, I'm very careful uh, to not kill my queen or do anything to disrupt her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, do you, uh, is there, is there honey involved? Are these honeybees? Yep. They're all honeybees. Um, there is honey involved, but that's not why I'm involved in the process. Sure. <laughs> um, I don't harvest any honey until a following spring. So I leave all honey on the hive until they get through winter to make sure that they have enough food and I just take what's left over then. Okay. And do you just do you just use it personally or do you like sell it or uh you know <laughs> long term um I I think bees are going to be my my retirement plan. Oh okay. And so at that point I will sell it. Um I just filed to become an LLC in the state of Idaho. Huh. So I can sell honey um but you know it's it's you know, right now I'll just probably give it away. Um, yeah, it's it's not my my main goal right now. So, so what what was your main goal, or what is your main goal right now? Well, everyone's talking about you know you hear about colony collapse disorder, right? Um, and can, there's can you can you explain that a little bit? Yes. Yeah, so colony collapse disorder is where you will go to your hive and your bees will be gone. Just they have they're just gone. The whole hive's gone. Hmm. They're not dead. They're just gone. Yeah. <laughs> No one knows where they go, uh, and they don't go in a swarm like they do when they reproduce. They're hmm. just gone. So um, there's several factors that lead to colony collapse. Um, there's four of them specifically, and um, it, it, <laughs> a lot of people call them the four horsemen of the bee apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's pretty much famine, uh, chill, uh, pestilence, and poisons. Yeah. Um, so, you know, your bees, the bees need new, and they, they need nutrition, so once a bee doesn't get the protein that she needs, then she'll get sick and die. Uh-huh. Um, it's that simple. So you have to feed your bees or make sure that they're eating. They go through a female worker bee, literally works herself to death. Death. That's why it comes from busy as a bee. They um, only live on average a total of 36 days. Yeah. Oh, wow. um, each day of their life, they have a specific chore and they end out their life as foragers and they literally work until their wings fall off. Wow. And can't wow. fly anymore. And uh, so uh, le- what, uh, like, the the bees that don't make honey, like yellow jackets and all that kind of stuff, right. um, uh, do they still serve a purpose beyond just being <laughs> assholes? <laughs> well, they pollinate okay. um, as well. Um, and that's, you know, funny that you bring those up is most people are, they see bees and they say, oh, my gosh, I'm allergic to bees. Yeah. 98% of those people have never been stung by a bee. Um, bees could care less about humans and mm. they will not sting you because they don't want to die. Okay. They understand that if they sting, they die. They have a barbed stinger. So when I guess you could talk about the process of stinging, when you get stung that barb and stinger pulls out of their body and they, they fly off and die. Mm-hmm. It leaves an alarm scent on you and the, um, the, the um, venom bag and actually, if you when you get stung, if you look at it, you can see that muscle on the venom bag pumping the pumping the venom into you. Wow! Um, it takes eleven thousand stings to be fatal to a human. Yeah. And no, no human has ever died from a honeybee sting. Oh wow! Or attack. Now you hear about the Africanized bees, <laughs> right? And they don't kill humans by stinging them. They actually kill them by suffocation. 
Oh, because they get in their mouth they go in and stuff? The, they, they, they attack the mouth and in oh, the nose wow. and go, and they'll actually suffocate you. That sounds incredibly unpleasant. Yes. Um, so, uh, so speaking of this, um, the uh, accident I mentioned earlier with this big truck, did you right. did you see much about it on the news, or are <laughs> yeah, they talking yeah. about it in like in B circles? I'm not sure <laughs> yes. if it's reached beyond um, local news here or whatever. Yes. But... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so there was, there, I mean, there was a truck with uh, 14 million, four, 14 million bees on it that that oh, rolled please. over. And uh, I guess, first of all, uh, do you know why there was 14 million bees on a truck? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the commercial beekeeping industry. And now I don't agree 100% with the commercial beekeeping industry. It's very important to the honeybees. And it's also important to the crops of the United States. One third of the crops in the United States are pollinated by honeybees. Yeah. And um, commercial beekeepers, they truck their bees from um different plants and um fields as the crops uh bloom yeah and then they get paid <laughs> up to about three hundred dollars a hive to place a hive in these fields oh okay so right now um the bees that i'm actually picking up next weekend um a month ago were in california pollinating almonds and the past couple of weeks, they've been in Oregon pollinating uh, cherries and pears. Yeah. And how how are you getting them now? Um, are you just that, bu like buying them from somebody? Or? Yeah, I've been I've been in contact with the commercial beekeeper. And so what they do is after right around in April, mm -hmm. that's when bees naturally swarm. And swarming is the pro their process of reproduction. It's where a queen decides it's time. She doesn't have enough room anymore in her hive, and yeah. she will. Uh, she lays a bunch of eggs that the workers start to turn into queen cells. Yeah. And then she takes off with half the hive and leaves the other half of the hive behind. Yeah. A way to avoid that happening is you manually split your hive. And then the queen will think, oh, I've already swarmed. There's no need to swarm. Yeah. And that's where you you <laughs> you actually also um, tackle one of your biggest problems as a beekeeper is you give away half of your mites. Oh, okay. Um, the varroa mite is attacking uh, one of the major problems of colony collapse disorder. It's a mite that attaches itself to the bee and weakens it, and like it a, will kill you. A, a mite is like another tiny little bug, right? Yes. Oh. I think of it like if you had a cantaloupe attached to you yeah. and drill a hole in you and then leave. Oh, yeah, that sounds <laughs> unpleasant. Um, and, and and so this is one an, another reason for colony collapse. And yeah, that was that was the the pestilence concept this, is the bromide. This like colony collapse thing like is a very uh, it's a very real problem that we're facing. It is correct. And uh, I mean, is there uh, is there anything? <laughs> I'm I'm not in touch with the bee world um as as I as much as I probably feel like I should be considering uh from what I understand like if all the bees die like all the food goes away uh and, and all the bees are dying <laughs> yes um so I mean is uh are, are is there any hope for us or is this just like are we in trouble <laughs> so there's there's good and bad things happening. The good thing is, is that there's a lot of people that are now getting into it. The bee club that I'm in has gone from about 100 members when I started to over 350. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we they've really been talking a lot lately about the difference between bee having and bee keeping. 
Mm-hmm. And there's a big difference to having bees and just sitting them in your har- yard and letting them do whatever they want to do as to actually watching your bees and treating them and <laughs> treating them for mites and, you know, not becoming, having your bees become more, of, uh, more of the problem than you are helping. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, my bees, I treat for mites. I only use, um, I don't use any synthetic chemicals. I use natural treatments, um, oxalic acid, um, which is what um, gives spinach and rhubarb its bitter flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, that that treats mites. Uh, that kills mites in the hive. Um, I use formic acid, which is naturally occurring in honey yep. already, and is also what um, they use to tan leather. Yeah. And then I use thymol in the fall to do um, a treatment, and that's actually just essential oil from thyme. Yeah. And... Uh... Um, so you said your, your kind of long-term goal is to, uh, is to maybe retire off of the bees. (laughs) Yeah. And in the way, in the process, I'm trying to kind of help with, you know, this, this, this mite problem is a big deal. It's probably the biggest thing that, um, that, that beekeepers face right now. Um, because you know, 15 years ago, mites were not an issue. It's fun listening to the old timers talk about how they never had to deal with mites. Yeah. And, you know, and they would have all, every hive survives because, you know, you start seeing the way that mites affect in numbers and it'll knock out a hive of 70,000 bees in a matter of a month. Wow. Once, once it starts, you know, expanding exponentially. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I really want to, um, I really want to work now on de- developing hygienic bees, you know, that are resistant to mites. Um, and, you know, as I mentioned, trapping these bees out of that tree, mm-hmm. um, they've been around for four years, which means they've been around four years as a feral hive with no interaction. So I want to know what genetics those that queen has. Mm-hmm. And I want to spread that genetics throughout my apiary. Sure. Uh, apiary, is that the name for a bee? <laughs> Uh, sanctuary yard okay (laughs) and so uh do you live like in a normal neighborhood yep i live (laughs) with houses all around me and your neighbors are they golf course across the street are they cool with the bees you know they haven't said a thing to me um i do plan on giving them honey yeah, yeah. There yeah. we go. I guess that's, uh, a, uh, that's a good idea. That's a good strategy. Some so, of the kids, some of the kids have asked questions, but you know, no one's really ever said anything to me. I mean, they're more beneficial. Last year, in my garden, every single blossom on the cucumbers bloomed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I produced. Yeah. Like it just the flowers are more productive. I mean, there's yeah. no real downsides. You know, the bees. Unless unless you swat at bees, they won't they won't pay any attention to you. Okay, so, so. Uh, let me rewind a, a little bit to the to the truck. So we figured out why that there's the truck with the millions of bees on it, and then it um, <laughs> it tips over at like three o'clock in the morning, right, and um, and and it's pretty uh, uh, it as the day went on, it it started to become a problem, right? Right. That's because it got above 50 degrees and at 50 degrees is when bees fly mm-hmm. and because remember they're tropical. Right. So up until when all of a sudden they started, you know, coming out of their <laughs> nightly hibernation from when it being cold and realizing that their hive was gone. Yeah. And they were in some sort of disrupted state. That's when they 
start releasing their alarm alarm pheromone and getting upset and swarming. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure all of the uh, the the fact that it's happening on the freeway during rush <laughs> hour and all the cars are driving by <laughs> and there's probably people running around everywhere, probably yes. all kind of added to the chaos. So do you do you know what they ended up doing? I I I heard that maybe they had to kill a bunch of them. Yeah, they drown them. What did they ha- spread? They, they sprayed them with fire hoses. Oh, jeez, that seems yeah. so um, tragic. <laughs> yeah, there was, and see, there's really no way to capture them because you'd have to capture them with a queen. Uh-huh. And so, I mean, and find, like I said, finding a queen's hard to do. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you could, if you could grab all the queens from how I think there was, was there 1,400 hives, so that's 1,400 queens. Yeah. Assuming none of them died in the crash. Right. Yeah, I mean, I know that they they tried to kind of piece together as much of the hives as they could. I'm guessing right. maybe they were just hoping that the queens were still in there, and then right. the, all the bees like go home to the queen. Yep, and that's how you that's how you uh, capture swarms. Is um, like if I get a call for a swarm in a tree. Yeah. All I have to do is get a queen into a hive, and the rest of the bees will follow. Any queen? And, no, that her the queen. Their queen. Yes, because oh. they're used to her smell. Okay. So what happens if that queen dies? Will they just look for any random one? No, they'll they'll try to they'll try to make a new one. Okay. They'll but try and then, make a new queen. Yes. So every every um the way a queen becomes a queen, it's just a female bee, bee at birth at when it's just a female egg. Mm-hmm. But it's fed royal jelly, which every female bee has a gland for on her forehead. Wow. Oh. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, so they just feed her consistently royal jelly, which causes her uh, uh, sex organs to pr- um, become active. <laughs> and it's it's actually just called royal jelly. Yeah, you can buy it at Chinese medicine stores. Really it's very expensive. Uh-huh. I bet it's really expensive. I I have to imagine that it comes out in very small quantities. <laughs> Why yeah. would humans want to have that? What what's the benefit? Uh, they say aphrodisiac. Okay. Reproductive reasons. Yeah. There's some of the benefits of well, it. Well, apparently it makes your uh, reproductive things start like <laughs> going. Yes. So. Or yes. bees How? will just follow me if I take <laughs> yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. Either that or bees will start swarming your house. <laughs> one of the two. Well, and what what exactly is the purpose of honey? In the hive? Yes. It's stored reserves for winter. They So they eat it? Yes. Okay. So once they, once they ferment it, it... Um, it gets it down to a water, a certain percentage of water in it, and then they cap it, and it's actually stores for winter. So you're when you're taking honey from a beehive, you're actually taking their winter stores. Oh, so, that's not nice. Now I feel guilty. <laughs> so naturally, that's what I do is I just wait until after I wait till spring to harvest. I don't do any summer harvesting of honey. Yeah, yeah. That way, you know they made it through the uh, yes cold season. Yep. Interesting. Interesting. So, um, if if somebody uh if somebody wants to like get into beekeeping, um, do you have any uh words of wisdom for them? Um, um. <laughs> is it something that everybody should do? Like, is it is it a lot of work? I mean, it's 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 um more it's more work than a dog, less work than a cat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. How much it's, space? How much space do you need? Well, not. It depends on how many hives you want. Like, <laughs> I bees forage up to five miles. Mm-hmm. So you just what you need. What you need to be more concerned of is a close water source. 
um, because if you don't, um, if you don't have a, a water source for them, they'll find one, and more than times than not, it'll be a public pool, which then causes a problem. Oh. <laughs> but like, <Yeah. laughs> my my water source is uh, I live across the street from a golf course. Sure. So that's where they get their water. Um, can you just like leave a like a little dish out for them, or do they uh, need... a kiddie pool? <laughs> oh, really? Um, yeah, they use they use water. Um, to cool the hive uh-huh as well so they keep the hive right at about 98 degrees yeah all year round and and, hmm. and um, so it, let's say um let's say i wanted to get into beekeeping and i am um, so ahead. that's another thing that <laughs> um you would learn really quick is if you ask four different beekeepers for you know the same question you're going to get four different answers oh okay um, there's, there's a, about a million ways to do beekeeping. Sure. Um, there are no set rules. That's the one rule. Huh. Um, the bees, you know, they will do just fine. Um, but you know, if you, if you just let them sit and they get mites and they spread mites, I mean, you're contributing to the problem. Right. So I did a lot of reading. Um, and with my science background, I really want to I, I try to make scientific informed decisions on everything that I do. Yeah. Um, I read, I went, I think <laughs> my fiance jokes with me because um, I checked out every book in the library about beekeeping Yeah. and read every book. That's yeah. what I did for the first six months is just read and read and read and read and learn and read. Um, then, you know, you go to be, I, I'm in two different beekeeping clubs. Um, mm. I learned a lot from there. I had a mentor my first season and I learned a lot from him. Um, I'd recommend a mentor. Uh, a mistake that I made was having one hive instead of two. Um, when you have two hives, you can kind of get a sense of what, if, if something's going wrong, because if they look exactly the same, everything's right. But when you only have one hive, you can tell if something goes wrong easier. Yeah. Um, what, uh, so I, well, I mean, you said that somebody gave you bees, but like if the, the bees that you bought, uh, how much do bees cost? It depends. Um, a package of bees, which is three pounds of bees and a Queens runs around $90 in Idaho huh. and a nucleus of bees, which you get actual five frames along with, um, the bees and a queen is around $130. Yeah. Um, it's going to be more, a nucleus is more established. It means that they're going to have a comb, honeycomb drawn already. Mm -hmm. So the queen will already be laying eggs. Whereas when a package, it's just a package is bees that are shaken into a box oh from God. a split. <laughs> and then a new queen's added to them in a cage. <laughs> and then they sit for two days in that cage, um, getting used to the smell of that queen. And uh -huh. then like when I installed her yesterday into my hive, um, you take the cork out of the end of the queen cage, you replace it with a gumdrop uh -huh. and it takes another two to three days for the bees to eat through the gumdrop and release the queen. So oh. that gives her the five days to get used to her smell. Otherwise they'll, they'll think that they're still loyal to the other queen and they'll kill her. Oh. <laughs> and then you have another, a whole nother set of problems. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, um, <laughs> that's all very fascinating, Mark. Um, yeah. Chrissy, so, did, you, did you have any, um, um, so, no, I just, um, when I was reading about how they fire hose the bees and put foam on them and stuff, it just, I just was wondering if that was a really, like a tragedy in the bee community that that had to happen. I think we all realized that 
there was no other option (laughs) in that situation. Um, You know, that's one of the problems I have with commercial beekeeping. It's really hard on the bees to move them. Um, Like I said, um, a hive, a bee only lives 36 days during the summer. And so essentially the hive's turning over every five weeks. But the stress of moving that on top of, you know, the queen having to consistently lay that number of eggs is really, really hard on the hive. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you're not, I mean, a lot of the bees, I mean, they're getting, (laughs) they're getting brood and babies and new bees to build up to the point where they can split the hive and you get more bees. But like I said, it's very stressful. Yeah. I mean, the quality of bees that you're going to get, are they going to live, you know, or not? (laughs) Yeah. Um, all right, Mark. Well, is there any, um, is there anything that we missed or anything that you wanted to share? Um, I think we pretty much covered everything. Any words um, of wisdom? I feel like there's a, I feel like the B world, there's a lot of opportunities to make like puns. <laughs> and I've, uh, I've uh, stopped myself from making like five <laughs> jokes. I, so, I, I find myself making jokes about it all the time. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, just remember, you know, if you see a honeybee, it's not going to sting you. It could care less. The worst thing you can do is swat at it because yeah. then it's going to be agitated. Yeah. Um, if you do get stung by a honeybee, you will have a stinger in you. Don't squeeze it and pull it out. Flick it out because otherwise you just shoot more venom into yourself. Ouch. Okay. Yeah. And the best thing to put on a honeybee sting is a pineapple core. Oh. Huh. Uh, it has okay. bromelain in it. Um, and that, that stops, that breaks down the protein that's in the venom. Yeah. And oh. another good source of that is meat tenderizer. That's the main component in meat tenderizer. So just make up a paste of meat tenderizer and put it on there and then it'll stop the swelling. Oh, yeah. Is that all bees or just honeybees? That's uh, honeybees. Okay. Yeah, it'll help with the bee sting, but you might attract some bears. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that you know, you can deal with that issue and you can deal with that issue when uh when it when it arises. So, uh if people want to find you, the face your Facebook page is the yeah, best right place to go. Yep, that, that's the best place to go for now, and then hopefully in the next year or so I'll get a website up and running too. And that's just um, Mark's Bee Hole. Mark's Bee Hole. That's Facebook. a really good name. <laughs> yeah. I really like that. That credit goes to Jesse Dollamore. Okay. <laughs> of course it does. <laughs> <laughs> that does not surprise me at all. All right. Yep. Well, thank you. Uh, thank thanks you. you so much for talking with us, Mark. I yep, really appreciate anytime. it. And yep. I probably um. I'll probably we'll probably do it again because uh, yep. this has been pleasant and and now I'm like fascinated with bees. Yeah, oh, great. Updated, I could keep you updated on the progress of the hives. Yeah, um, well, if, what I'm doing. If I, also, I were in oh, Boise, um, could I buy your honey or no? <laughs> if I have any, I don't have any right now, okay. so that means I won't have any until spring oh. next year. Okay. So I'll be there in but... May. So I guess not then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, uh, I am fascinated with bees, and I, I'm going to tell you this now that we're about to get off the phone. I did pest control for three years. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's and your so, enemy. like, I feel um, I have this overwhelming sense of guilt, and I feel like I need to like I need to make like reparations to the bees. I think like yeah, I need to you. I need to pay back the community that I've taken so much from. <laughs> yeah, <that's>, so. <laughs> sounds good. All right, Mark, you uh, have right. a good have a good night, and thanks for talking. Yep. We'll All right. Bye. Bye. And we're back. Welcome. Welcome back. How'd you feel about the bee situation? I liked it. It just made me really sad. Yeah. When 
that they had to kill all those bees. It makes me sad and um it makes me like I mean this is this is my problem uh with our show sometimes. We talk to like people that are really into things mm-hmm. and then I like w- I get really excited about them oh. and I like want to get into them. Oh, I know. I <laughs> can just tell that you were like oh, beekeeping. 90 bucks isn't bad. <laughs> I can All do the that. Free I can swing honey? ninety bucks. Get some, uh, get some bees going up in here. I can see the wheels turning. I think the reason I like it is because it's like a hobby. It's a pet, but it's not so like personal that I'm gonna get like I'm gonna become emotionally crippled when mm-hmm. it dies or whatever. Uh, or you can't get like as attached. Like I guess I could get attached to the colony mm-hmm. and I'd be bummed if something happened to it. But well, um, yeah, because he said all of his died. Yeah, you well, would and that be would devastated. bum me out. That would bum me out. But uh, but so not only is it like a hobby, but you're like you're like doing good. Like you're doing something. This world needs more bees. You're like helping make things right in the world and like pollinate flowers and 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 make the world a better place who doesn't want that it's like a win-win deal do you, you know? kind of wish you had known about this situation when you were um pest control you could have called a beekeeper and <laughs> wrangled the bees yeah that, i mean i that think that's kind of interesting I, that he does that i don't think most of the bees that we were dealing with were honeybees um if we got in and they were honeybees we did we did pass it on because there are people like Mark mm-hmm. who will come out and they'll like do it for free. They'll like, we'll come yeah. get rid of your bees for free because I'm going to relocate them. Um, How can you tell? Do you just, can you just tell? Yeah. Okay. You, uh, we, we, part of being, doing pest control, uh, it, you actually have to like take a test um, at least in the state of Washington, pretty much everywhere I think you do. But in the state of Washington, you have to take a test. It's li- We're licensed through the Department of Agriculture. And um, part of the test is actually like identification of bugs because oh, okay. you have to you have to be able to identify the pest so you know what chemicals to use. Because if you use the wrong right. chemicals in the wrong situation, you could hurt somebody or, um, you know, kill uh, millions of bees around the world. So anyway, uh, I want to get into bees now. I'm gonna be a bee guy. Gonna be oh, a bee no. guy. <laughs> oh man, that's so um, terrible. Well, I mean, w- someone around here has a rooster. You might as well yeah. be a beekeeper. Yeah, that's another yeah, in thing. In the slow and steady decline of our neighborhood, uh, there's randomly a rooster that may or may not be just like on a trail in the woods that's near our house. Our friend. Mm-hmm. That, was walking back there one day, said she saw it. So it might just be like a wild rooster or somebody might own it. Uh, and I can't decide which would be worse. But <laughs> we're now woken up by a rooster. Um, I think I we... thought they were only supposed to do it in the morning, but I feel like this rooster just all like day. does it all day. Yeah. All day. As, as long as the sun is up. And I think that's when we noticed it is when we were homesick. Yeah. Oh, we're good times. Gone. Good times on that one. So, um, Christina, did you have any? Uh, did you have any drone strikes, or am I a jerk, or anything that you wanted to talk about? I have a drone strike. Before we wrap it up, okay. So I've always hated the term man cave. Okay. As well as the concept. Yeah. But here's something that's just as bad. Mm-hmm. Introducing. The woman's answer to the man cave, the she shed. 
She shed. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I like that um, even less than a man cave. Yeah. <laughs> so they are sheds that are put in the back okay. of your house mm-hmm. that are decorated in all sorts of different ways. There's like, oh, this is my yoga studio. Uh-huh. And by yoga studio, I mean I drink wine in my yoga pants. Huh. Is that what somebody actually said on there? Yes. Oh. Oh, look, there's plenty of room for my all my girlfriends. The Ooh. she shed is where the heart is. Where did Terrible you see this? On someone's Facebook. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So mm. it's the lighter side of real estate.com no. put together. Yeah. Let's pass the, uh, let's pass on the she shed. Here's the thing about the whole, like, let's just not do the gendered thing. Like it, it doesn't, like a, a man cave doesn't have, like, let's just take away the gender pronouns or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Is that what you say? Yes. The gender pronouns, and let's just have, like, it be, like, your hobby space. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Because, uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, like, this one. This starts, oh, she shed, you're such a marriage saver. Yeah. So, yeah. like, you're saying so you it's need... it's just turning into, like, a place where you can go and drink away from your spouse and right. your kids. Yeah. yeah. That's just called the bathroom, like the shower, right? Isn't that what you're supposed to do in the shower? That's often where I go and cry, yes. (laughs) Yeah. It's just a place where you can, out oftentimes, you know, you can just go lock yourself in the car in the parking lot or something. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We've seen a lot of that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's, that's very exciting. Um, so yeah, just let's, for the um, name let's alone. go ahead and drone strike that just, just on the name alone. I have to agree with you on that one. I don't, I don't always, um, I can't always get behind your constant negativity just because I'm more of like a positive person. Like I'm more of like you, I know that you really are into like tearing things down and like kind of shitting on everybody all the time. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not like that. Like I'm kind of the opposite. Actually. I like to encourage people and like say nice things and like build things up i was actually thinking of trying well like what's the opposite of a drone strike like the the hug zone or something because i have things that i want to tell people to like stop like i want to drone strike drone strikes sometimes like there are things that everybody gets on making fun of Mm -hmm. and i want to tell everybody to just chill out like chill out man a ch- chill out man that's going to be my oh, that'll be like my that. segment i want people name. i want people to stop um making fun of uh, selfie sticks i want people to stop making fun of selfie sticks and i want to, people to stop making fun of man buns no no like let, if a dude wants to have a bun let him have a bun okay stop making fun of him about it can we it's a thing if just you jealous. don't like it that's okay you don't have to like it you don't have to like anybody's hair but the fact that like somehow it's just become okay for everybody to make fun of dudes that want to have their hair up in a bun like that's just that's not cool like let's just let, let dude have his hair up in a bun okay jeremy but can we acknowledge that I'm pretty cutting edge on these drone strikes. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you're usually I, you're I on the hated forefront man buns before anyone else did. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. what what other thing did I hate before <laughs> it became cool? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Lots but, of things. Just go check out our New Year's episode. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that is I'm like the hipster of hate. 
<laughs> yes, you're the if hipster you're, of eight. If you're the Steve Jobs of bad ideas, yeah, I'm the you're hipster. the hipster of eight. That's great. That's great. Thanks. And also selfie sticks. I want everybody no. to get off of making fun of selfie sticks. No, they're terrible. <laughs> but you know what? It actually serves a great purpose. What's like that? It's a, it's a great way for you to get a good selfie with like stuff in the background. But selfies should also be gone. No. My main thing was selfies should need to be gone. Man. All right. Well, let's we won't let's not get too into it. I just and all let we need to workshop an idea for a name of of that segment because chill out man <laughs> doesn't That's quite work. Terrible. But, I want a drone like strike it. chill out man. <laughs> chill out man. Quit uh, quit being so mean. <laughs> <laughs> so I um I do have just a little piece of follow-up um, space news. T-minus. Just space things for Five, you. Um, four, three, two, one. We talked on the last show about SpaceX trying to r- land the rocket mm-hmm. on the barge. They they did it. Um, they hit the barge. <laughs> they hit the barge, but it was going a little too fast. And... Uh, had a little too much lean on it, and so it ended up falling over and exploding. Um, but the barge is still intact. The barge is back. Um, I will post some pictures and a video of the thing coming down because it's pretty cool. Um, it reminds me, I, I tweeted a, of the video of the rocket coming in because it's like swaying back and forth pretty bad yeah. on the way down, and then it, yeah. hits the, it hits the barge and then real slowly falls over and then explodes. And it um it reminds me of all the times that I used to try and pretend I wasn't drunk, <laughs> but then like you know you fall over and explode, uh, and everybody knows that you are. So anyway, I'll um I'll post a video I'll post a video of it because I thought it was great. Um. Anyway, Christy, let's uh let's take this uh take this baby in for a landing. Oh my gosh. I still have to talk about the the speaking of landing airplanes. I got to fly a flight simulator. Yeah. So you I'll, talk about that now. No. We'll no. Wait. We'll wait because I want to give it. I want to give it time. To, uh, okay. Um. Because I have a confession. <laughs> I have a confession to make about. And you want to do it live? <laughs> and on I want to do it live. Yeah. Uh, about something that happened. Um. In the in the simulator. Oh no! <laughs> that, Did that you pee your pants a little bit? Did you get a boner? Well, yeah, that's a given. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, so let's take this baby in for a landing. We'll talk about the uh, we'll talk about the the simulator next time. We're also we have a very special guest lined up. Can we talk about it? We have a very special guest lined up. The uh, you may have seen in the news there was a guy that got the uh, Seahawks or back the to su- back championship back to back champions uh, Super Bowl champs tattoo. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Christy reached out to him, I guess, on Twitter and <laughs> on uh, Facebook. He, on Facebook, yeah. So he's gonna come on. He's gonna come on the show, and we're gonna have a chance to talk to uh, this young uh, this young man that uh, made the choice to get this uh, this tattoo, um, and probably try and remove it with a cheese crater or something. <laughs> <laughs> so that that uh, will be coming up. Christy, is there anything else that you want people to check out? Little Red Bandwagon, your other podcast. Yes, my other podcast. 
you guys can check out the takedown podcast we have uh what was our last episode it was all about weddings i talked about Mm -hmm. my wedding story um i talked a little bit about some of my urban hunting adventures and um yeah it was it was a good time um but you can find all that stuff christy's little red bandwagon takedown podcast this show everything at 10710.com t-e-n-s-e-v-e-n-t-e-n.com and uh they'll all be on there as long as, as well as the the other podcast that i do for better world radio so you guys thank you so much for listening it's good to be back riding uh back in the saddle again hopefully we'll uh get the hang of it and um maybe Jeremy's brain will, my be brain back will to start working but no uh no guarantees well christy it wouldn't be a show without everybody's favorite segment the birthday segment happy birthday to my favorite jeremy jeremy henson of the eureka podcast hurtful and will hey, Pilot will. will friend of the show yeah Hi, buddy. Happy birthday. Two of our favorites. Why are you so terrified of doing the birthday segment? Because in case we miss them. Oh, yeah. Well, if you're worried we're going to miss you, let us know that it's your birthday. Or tell a, f- a friend or a loved one to let us know. <laughs> and then we'll uh, we'll put you on the thing. So happy birthday, guys. And in case we missed you, happy birthday to you, too. Christy, do you have any, uh, do you have any last words? Never wait for cake. Uh, be excellent to each other, everybody. <laughs> oh no! Let your nerve flag fly. <laughs> and your name's Mark, I'm guessing. Yes. Obviously, it says Mark right there on the thing. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm gonna. Um, so I'm recording on my end, just. So you know, I don't know. Okay. Somebody told me that you have to tell people they're being recorded. I don't know if that's actually <laughs> true, but I figure since we're calling you like to for a podcast, you probably would know. But. Figure that. <laughs> I figured that out. Yeah. <laughs> All right.